0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,
1: Yo, what's up, stoner dudes? It's your bro, Dave, on 420 at the vice office, bro. It's pretty sweet, even though you're not listening to this on 420, so you've already moved on from all your 420 jokes, but I'm blazing up here, and and by blazing up, I mean eating a cheese stick and drinking a Diet Pepsi, because no one's offered me any weed yet. I've been here for 10 minutes, and no one's offered me weed. (sighs) Sean, Sean's up in Ottawa, probably all... Stowed out of his mind. Hi, Sean. Hey, how how are you doing? <sighs> how are you doing? That's the real question. How are you taking this? How's your heart handling
2: a uh, real back and forth playoff series here with uh with the best team in hockey? You know what? As a Leaf fan, I'm doing better today uh, than I was Wednesday night watching the Leafs get pummeled by the Capitals. Even though it was ended up being a one goal game, it it that was not a one goal game. That was what we thought the series was going to be. That was the real Washington Capitals showing up and making the. The Maple Leafs look uh, like they were like they were outclassed. Uh, but at the end of the day, series is two two. And this is a series that just about everyone, us included, picked Washington to win in four or five. So the Leafs are already ahead of that and uh, they've shown they can play with these guys and you know, I I I like Washington's odds at this point. I feel like game four at home was a was the opportunity for the Leafs to kinda uh, step on their throats a little bit and it didn't happen but this series is not over and uh it's uh it, it's it's been a fun one to watch a fun whole season to watch and i hope it i hope it keeps going because this is this is a fun team but if it doesn't i th- i think that i will be able to handle it all right well that, that's good i feel like the, the leafs are the example
1: of a very good rebuild even though it's basically built on one year of tanking. But they had some guys that they sprinkled in there in years past. But let's say you're the Buffalo Sabres. Let's say you also tried to tank one year, and it didn't quite work out the way you wanted it to. And instead of getting Connor McDavid, you got Jack Eichel, who's very good, very, very good. But um, two years later, let's just say Jack Eichel engineered a beheading of his coach (laughs) and general manager. Allegedly. After his second season. Allegedly, if you believe the reports, and I think you do, Jack Eichel um, helped get rid of Dan Bosma, helped get rid of Tim Murray, and it happened this morning. It happened today. We have fresh biscuits news here, and personally, I don't know really how to feel about it just yet because, I don't know, I, I feel like when you're coming off of a tank and Jack Eichel is your best player and he didn't play a lot to start the season, yeah, there's other holes on that team, but, I mean, you really didn't give Tim Murray and Dan Bosma a bunch of time, but... I'm always hearing about how kids today are better at stuff than like we used to be and every generations like that. And I mean, Henrik Lundqvist didn't kill his coach until he was in his thirties. Crosby didn't become a coach killer until his twenties. Ovechkin, the same thing. I mean, Jack Eichel's killing coaches at the age of twenty, so it's really great to see the evolution of, of of the young superstar in the league. And I feel like maybe in a few decades we're going to see like a guy get drafted at the age of eighteen and then fire get his coach fired that day on the podium. I'm, I'm very
2: excited about the future of the NHL. Uh, Jack Eichel's like a child prodigy, of coach yeah. killers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah i i I was not expecting this, and you know there was lots of sort of weird comments coming out of Buffalo over the last two weeks where like Tim Murray kept making references to like, I'm, I'm the GM today and Den Bilesma is my coach today. And that's all I can say. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And, and it, it, you know, I think everyone just kind of looked at that or at least I looked at it and thought, okay, that's just Tim Murray being Tim Murray. And he doesn't really think that he's going to get fired here. Uh, but they, they went and did it. And it's like, there's a lot like individually, I think you can defend the decisions but the the whole thing just rolls up into this very weird look including the timing like it's it's almost 2 weeks after the season ended it, all the other teams have made their moves and they just get around to this now and it's not like their season came down to the final weekend like they it was pretty obvious where this was tracking for a while now so uh you know the the timing strikes me as strange maybe it's linked to something else maybe somebody became available and and that's what pushed this to happen. I, you know, maybe by the time people are listening to this, there's some sort of Dean Lombardi rumor floating around. It, you know, if Ugh. and that maybe would make more, put aside whether that would be a good hire or not, that would at least make the timing make a little bit mm. more sense. I don't get why it took them two weeks to figure this out. So you think if,
1: if like, tomorrow mm. or tonight, it comes out that the Sabres are basically becoming
2: the LA Kings East and they go with Daryl Sutter and they go with Dean Lombardi, it makes more sense. I think that makes sense timing wise because you'd sit there and go okay well maybe yeah. at the end of the season they figure tim murray was the guy and a few days later dean lombardi goes and then you reach out and, and okay maybe something like i mean i don't think that would be the right hire for this team but i at least then you can understand waiting this line and, and poor dan boss this is the second time this has happened to him like remember with pittsburgh but <laughs> he right. just had to twist in the wind for for weeks and everybody figured he was getting fired and they didn't do it and they didn't do it and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like, Dan Bylsma would probably like to maybe have a chance at at landing a job right after he got fired sometime. There's still stuff available, though. I mean, the
1: L.A. job is available. The um, other people got fired as well. well I guess the Islanders appointed Doug Kenny Wade, their full-time the coach. Vancouver? Is that really it? Yeah. Vegas already has their guy. By the way, I spent a good solid like month after Gerard Gallant got fired saying there's no way in hell he's going to go to Vegas. Like, Why would he ever take that job? He's a good coach. He's not going to go to a team where he's just going to coach bad teams for and then he's he's immediately hired the second Vegas can hire a coach. So what the hell do I know? Yeah. The timing of it does make it seem like Jack Eichel was like, look, you guys can throw all the money at me you want. I'm not signing an extension. Yeah. I'm not playing for this guy for the next six years. So
2: I, I believe it. Which and- is exactly what the report said on tuesday or whenever it was that came out that was then immediately denied like full court press to the media from jack eichel and his agents and everyone saying this is not he does not feel this way he didn't say those things and then the next day oops Mm -hmm. exactly what he was alleged to be asking for (laughs) has happened and i guess that's the other piece of this is you know like i dan biles getting fired okay you know i i i I see that coaches tend to get a shorter shelf life, but the Tim Murray piece is a surprise. And you wonder, is this a case where Terry Pagula comes in and says, fire the coach? And Tim Murray says, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And then he ends up going down with the ship too, rather than do what his owner tells him to do.
1: Yeah. Whenever, whenever somebody comes out and vehemently denies a thing, usually, usually that thing is pretty true. By the way. Oh, I don't know if you saw this, but last week, Arthur Staple from Newsday confirmed the rumor to an extent that Gart Snow has at least he got at least a five year extension from halfway uh, there. Charles Wong, hmm. we're almost we're almost to the point where the story has been confirmed. But yeah, that's that's good to know. Like whatever, yeah, whenever there's like a denial, whenever there's 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 silence, I, I guess there's really no way to to have like a bad news thing come out and have somebody do something that makes you think the, the news is a lie if if you can't deny it and you can't be silent about it, but. Yeah, the, I, and the thing, too, is 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 where are the Sabres... Like, yeah, Dee Lombardi and Daryl Sutter are out there. I don't think Daryl Sutter wants to live in Buffalo for the next five years, but who the heck knows? He's a farm guy. Maybe he thinks Buffalo's beautiful country. But, like, when the Rangers, when the Rangers sacked Tortorella, there was Elaine Vigneault, and when the... Uh, who was it? When the, when the Penguins got rid of... Um, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, the Penguins got rid of Dan Bosma, and then they went to a coach for a half a second, and then they went to Mike Sullivan, so... I don't know. Uh, the The report was they were going to – or the idea was they. Jack Eichel wants to bring in his college coach, which I think – like, I'm okay with, like – like, here, like everyone in millennial culture is like, man, I'm tired of these 21-year-olds coming in and thinking they can run things. Well, if, if they're good at their job, they should be able to do whatever they want to do. It's fine. But if you're 20 years old, you've been in the NHL for two years, and you're getting a coach fired, all right, uh, uh, use your power, do whatever you want to do. But you're going to bring in your buddy from college, your college
2: coach? Like, that's yeah. – that, that that would be a little too much for me. I and think. talk about talk about the pressure being. I mean, it's already going to be on because I'm I'm oh. kind of with you. Like I'm, if you've got a a coach and a franchise player who aren't getting along, sorry, coach, you yeah. pick the player every time. That's why I thought it was so ridiculous last last summer when there was talk that the, you know the whole PK Subban thing was because he he wasn't getting along with his coach, and they picked the coach over the player allegedly and then the coach gets fired a few months later so i mean yeah if it, if it came right down to it then you know if jack eichel walks into my office and i'm terry pagula and, and says it's me or the coach sorry coach mm-hmm. uh, fair or not yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter how good a job you did i'm picking the you know the guy who's going to be our our star player for the next 15 or 20 years here but man you you talk about a spotlight that's going to be on a kid this he he's got one now, period. Be, because the perception is out there, even if there's not truth to it, the perception is out there that he he pulled the strings on this. If, yeah, if, I mean, if you go and bring in uh, college coach, yeah. I don't know, yeah, I don't like, know, and, and I'll it, you know because I'll ugh. say this, you know, I know Terry Pagula listens to the podcast. He was one of our yeah, first subscribers. He, he gave us five stars on iTunes. He's a cool <laughs> guy, Terry. Hire. The best coach and GM that you can get. Period. End of story. Buffalo is a great hockey market. You do not have to worry about selling tickets in Buffalo. You don't have to worry about your TV ratings. As long as you win, that market will be absolutely one of the very best in the entire league. U.S. or Canada? I hear you. I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Do what not you're saying is go out No,
1: there. No, no, you're saying. You're saying Coach Dominic Hashik yes, and GM Maxim Iffinignon.
2: Go is what you're out and find two popular former players with no experience <laughs> whatsoever. Just like, I mean, the LA Kings didn't really do that because because Blake and uh, uh, Blake and Robitaille have some experience, but I mean, not in those actual roles. It amazes me how yeah. often this happens. Like I wrote about it last week, but how many teams put a popular former player? or players into this role. And it almost never works. I mean, it, it's been a disaster in Colorado, ha- didn't work in Edmonton, hasn't worked in Vancouver. Uh, you know, Ron Hextel, jury's still out in, in Philadelphia, but you, you go down the list and and coaches too. I mean, you you can just go down the list of coaches where it's like, Hey, look at this. Remember this guy? You used to cheer for him a few years ago. Here he <laughs> is in a completely different job that he's not qualified for, you know? And, and, and look, if you're in a market where you need, to to really sell the team and sell the game maybe that makes sense you know maybe it makes sense for the carolina hurricanes to have ron francis be the gm but not in buffalo man don't you know chris drury is not your guy you can find somebody else uh who find the best possible guy for the job and and don't worry about whether he played for the 97 sabers or not okay so so it based on your
1: theory i mean it's he didn't play for the team and he's not technically the gm but but brendan shanahan worked
2: out all right for for that team up brendan shanahan worked out, and steve eisenman worked out well in tampa and both of those guys went to teams that they didn't play for and that's it, typically that, that's the if, key. if you're the best person for the job if you're the most qualified candidate out there more teams are calling you than just the team you used to play for like, I don't think, was anyone else calling Joe Sackick for a GM job other than
1: Colorado? But, like, maybe, like, going to a team you didn't play for offsets that. So, like, how about this? Coach Patrick Waugh, GM Joe Sackick, Buffalo Sabres, what do you think? I'm listening.
2: <laughs> I'm listening.
1: <laughs> Can you imagine Patrick Waugh and Jack Eichel going head-to-head every night after games? So, oh, my oh, God. Man. That would be the most entertaining team in the league. I did, let's, <laughs> yeah, Patrick
2: Waugh is GM, and let's, like, denny savard come back as coach
1: yeah the blackhawks got rid of denny
2: savard when the yeah. guys were all young there i guess so yeah it's there's there's like there's a long, precedent like i i started when i was writing about it i'm like i need some examples and then 10 minutes later i'm like i need to trim down the examples paragraph because it's like <laughs> 400 words long and i think i've i think i made my point with the first 10 or 12 guys it like nhl teams love this and i it and it's it's i'm not saying it can't ever work but, you know, it's almost always a bad sign, especially when it's got, like, I mean, Ron Hextel, at least, he went to L.A. He was the assistant there for years. He learned from Dean Lombardi how to do the job. But, you know, some of these other guys were, like, they just stroll in off the golf course and, like, yeah, I'm the president of Hockey Ops. <laughs> okay, why? What? What's your qualifications? Oh, I had 70 points 12 years ago. And we sold a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people who have, still have my jersey hanging in, like, the closet of their childhood bedroom. So we figure that's going to be... That's going to be good.
1: But how does Colin Campbell apply? I feel like Colin Campbell somehow, even though like like he played in the NHL but not for the NHL, and he's basically worked for the oh he was a coach of the Rangers for a while. Like I'm just trying to figure out how how he's still there where he when he's clearly not good
2: at his job either. And I don't know. Like the the list of guys who have <sighs> gone back to their old team and had a, a lot of success is like you know I I put Bobby Clark there. He didn't win a cup as GM in Philadelphia, but he had that job for a while. He did pretty good. Um, yeah. I think there was like one or two other guys, Phil Esposito with the Rangers, at least was fun. Like he, he, guy made 40 trades a year. It was, it was good times. Uh, those were the days there's not, but there's <sighs> not a lot. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I like, as soon as I saw this news, I'm like, please don't like, don't let me see Pat LaFontaine's name, start flow. And like, it's, it's already out. So, you know, if you're a Sabres fan, and I know there's, like, I kind of put the call out to Sabres fans today on Twitter, like, where, where are you at on this? How are you feeling? They're not in a good place right now. Even the ones who are happy with this move or, or are okay with it, they are a beaten down group right now with the way things have gone early on in this rebuild. And it'd be nice to see them get a little bit of good news and uh, get an indication that this franchise is going in the right direction. Because, like, remember when Terry Pugula came in, what, what was like six years ago now? and you know the team had been yeah. teetering on bankruptcy and suddenly here comes this billionaire shows up who, who likes hockey has connections to the city and you're thinking this is great and they start throwing money around they had that terrible free agency year and you're kind of like oh that's all right that's not good but then they clear house they start doing the rebuild which i mean you need ownership to be on board with a long-term plan to to do that and i you know i, I up until a year or two ago like Terry Pagula was I mean you you couldn't say a bad word to him to Sabers fans cuz they would they they had his back starting to get a little not going well with the Bills not going well with the Sabers starting to get a little iffy uh I don't man I don't know it'd be really nice to see them make a smart focused decision on who's going to fill these jobs and not just go and and grab somebody and grab somebody who's either an ex player or let's throw another name out that's already surfaced because somebody mentioned Pierre Maguire. Uh, every year we got to do this, don't we?
1: <sighs> every opening. First, first of all, I'm. A, first of all, I, I love the idea. Like oh. if you're if you came to me and said, Dave, hey, there's a job opening and we're we're thinking about Pierre McGuire. T- yes, take. Well, actually, it's it's nuclear physicist that no, whatever gets him off my TV. Give him that job. I don't care what it is, but. We do this every year, where it's always like some like broadcaster friend who's like, you know, who'd be great for this job, Pierre Maguire. and then like some other people jump in and be like, he'd be great because of blank, and then like he never gets serious consideration. I want it to happen, Sean. You know, I want it to happen. It, 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 it
2: I, I hope it does. Just maybe from, it does from our perspective as people who have to cover and write about <sighs> this league. That would be fun, but no, I as somebody
1: who loves the first round of the playoffs because. You get all the Canadian broadcasters covering games on TSN piped in down here. Like you get Ray Ferraro, you get all the all the great TSN play by play guys. You get all the you know Brian Boucher's between the benches. You get all these different. It's just so great. And you just imagine a world where that's the situation all the time, where you know a guy isn't screaming into his microphone about how a guy played junior hockey somewhere in Ontario 15 years ago and had eight. Like there was there's um a, the Blues is a Blues Wild game. And Barbashev made a nice play or something, and he was just like, you know, that Barbashev, he's got a lot of talent. He had 85 points for Moncton four years ago. And I'm
2: like, who cares? Like, why Why is that? does that? So, Did you see Bobby Ryan yes. with the uh, Pierre Maguire earlier this week? Uh, where he, like, that was beautiful. Finish off the interview, like, where did, where did I play my junior? <laughs> where did I, a, Cherry Hill? Where did I grow up? Something Cherry like Hill, that? New jersey. Uh, good for him. Uh boy. So, yeah, no. If, 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 if you're a Sabres fan, no Pierre Maguire, no former players. Go out and get the best, smartest person. Whether it's you know, whether someone with experience or not, you know, I know there's a lot of names floating around of guys who've been assistants somewhere, putting the time, you know, kind of looking for that that opportunity. Oh. Yeah, go ahead and do it. But uh, man, my only wish for Sabres fans is if this franchise focuses in on somebody, I hope they get them because these guys are so tired of coming in second on every. I mean, <laughs> even when they lose, they come tank in tank the season. <laughs> lose the draft lottery tank another season lose the draft lottery throw a ton of money at mike babcock sorry he's he's gonna go somewhere else like they they've had just about enough of that i I can that's i mean that's just the worst case scenario like they they load up on like yeah we really want to bring like mirshlav satan to be the gm and then he's like actually i'm gonna i'm gonna take a i'm gonna take a job in florida instead they're like damn it
1: Head coach Rex Ryan, general manager Rob Ryan. Let's do it. I hear Rex isn't busy these days. He's got time. He loves Buffalo. <sighs> well, speaking of crushing disappointments, last night, Wednesday night, the Calgary Flames were swept by the Anaheim Ducks. Now, I know I'm always going to get first-round series wrong. It's just going to happen. Like, for instance, I have, I have Minnesota beating – st louis but minnesota's played well and jake allen's been great so i can kind of understand why i'm getting that wrong man calgary was just they were disappointing in every way like dumb penalties not scoring at five on five brian elliott i don't know what the hell happened to brian elliott in games three and four and then they let him start game four and he does it again and then they get chad johnson in there and he basically holds the fort for 60 minutes they can't find the second goal like that's a like, I get Calgary's young, and they have all... You have know, Goudreau, they have Monaghan, they have Backlund. They've got a bunch of guys signed for a while, so they're not going anywhere. But, jeez, that's a disappointing first-round loss.
2: Yeah, that's that's one of those where when you're a young team, you kind of go into the playoffs, and it's like, well, it's going to be a learning experience. And even if we lose, it, it'll still be a positive. But sometimes the way you lose can be a setback. Yeah. And that was, yeah, like, the, the Wednesday night game was straight Like, I... I have you ever seen a goalie get pulled after one goal? No, but I remember a couple of years back, that I, I thought
1: the Blues should have pulled Jake Allen in that series against Minnesota a couple of years ago. It was like game six or whatever. And it was a similar thing. Like Parise beat him from like a bad angle, like from like, like down by the goal line while he was just chasing down a loose puck that was cleared during a PK. And he beat him from like almost a similar spot in a similar way. And they left him in and they lost the game. But like, yeah, like if your leash is that
2: short, why even just just put Chad Johnson in to start the game? You're down three zero. If you're in the playoffs, if you're down three nothing in a series and your goalies are anywhere near equal, switch the goalie. Even if the goalie, even yeah. if your your starter hasn't been, you know, even if it's not his fault, switch the goalie because you, if you're gonna come all the way back, you need to have like a a, a line drawn somewhere where you can say, okay, well, yeah, maybe we're down in the series, but we've we've won ever since whatever it was happened and you know, whether it's changing all the lines up or just, I mean, the easiest thing you can do is, is switch goaltenders. And, you know, obviously, you know, if you're, if you're Minnesota and you've got Devin Dubnik, then you, you, you ride with him no matter what. But in a case like that, yeah. So, I mean, Brian Elliott, you, you got to think now done in Calgary, hard to imagine him coming back after that. So they're back in, they're back in the market. They need a goaltender and they've got a, you know, it's funny. Like that is a team you, you can look at, teams like the sabers even the leafs to some extent where they've got a lot of young talent but but the blue line isn't there the flames have got the blue line like they're they're good there and they're they're good up front it's the question is going to be what do you do goaltending wise because there's there's like five or ten sure things in the league and they're never available so you got to roll the dice on on somebody and you know if you if you wind up getting cam talbot then great you're you're all set but you know, if if you don't, if you wind up getting someone else who ends up just being a question mark, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, who do you, who do you go out there? Mark cal- Mark Andre Flurry for a fourth round pick. Yeah, you could huh? you could see something huh? like that, couldn't you? The Penguin
1: series is funny because it, as soon as Matt Murray went down, you're like, oh boy, here here comes Mark Andre Flurry. And I'm assuming at some point when Matt Murray gets healthy, they're going to give him the net back. So. If, whenever Matt Murray gets healthy, if, if Marc Andre Fleury has like a 9.25 save percentage through like five or six postseason games, you can sell that uh, on the trade market, the I think, in the
2: summer. Damn, Peng- like o- only the Penguins could have their starting goalie get hurt in the warm up before the first game and have it turn into a win. Because they're <laughs> just like the third round pick they were going to get for Marc Andre Fleury is already up to a second. And you're right, it might be a first by the end of this. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. Who else? I mean, who's.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash achieve today.
2: In free agency. Ben Bishop is available. But do you So you gonna want to go to Calgary? Steve Mason? Is that a guy that you that you trust? Auntie Aranta, yeah. Scott Darling. Yeah, then you get into the right and you get into yeah. the, the backups who are gonna be potentially available through through trade even you could probably get Chad Johnson
1: back pretty cheap if you say hey like a worst case we'll we're going to sign you and then we're going to sign, you know, some other guy and you know you you've got a chance to have a, you know, 40-40 split here. He might be interested in
2: that. Okay, yeah, he he might be and uh, yeah, I don't know. Let me let me just throw I'll I'll throw one other name out there and it would it would depend on how the expansion draft goes and how things bounce out. But if Florida doesn't lose a goaltender in the expansion draft, James Reimer Reunited with Brian Burke, maybe? It's a good point. I you know, can see that. Brian Burke liked him. He liked the guy. So, I don't know. And, and I guess the other thing is, in Calgary, they don't even know at this point if the GM's going to be back. We, I mean, which would be strange, because Brad Tralving's done a good job, but he doesn't, yeah. like, he never got that extension, did he? Like, I remember halfway through the season, there was all this talk about how he had never signed, he, he still didn't have a contract passed this year and everybody was like, "Yeah, but it'll get done. Don't worry." And and I don't think it ever did. So I don't think it did either. But I I feel like he's safe. I I, I, I sure feel like been. this first round loss
1: wasn't really on him. Yeah. Like everyone everyone in the world would have made the trade for Brian Elliott that he did. You know. Johnny Gaudreau situation. Sean Monahan. Remember how? Remember when Sean Monahan they left him in the NHL at eighteen? And I, I know I was. I was like, what a dumb move. You're, you know, he's not ready, but he's he was their best player in the in the series. Johnny Gaudreau, man. Johnny Gaudreau had a weirdly bad series. Like I feel like the Ducks were in his head a little bit in terms of how they played against him because there was one moment at the end of I want to say game two. Ducks were down or Ducks were up by a goal. Johnny Gaudreau had the puck on his stick and he was literally twelve feet from the net. You know, on his off wing, ready to rip it. And he made this like weird spinning pass that had no chance of connecting. It got broken up, and
2: the, and the, I just something was. I just remember that off that play. Looked, <laughs> it was like one of those video game plays where you hit the wrong button. <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, damn it! Okay. Oh, the spinning pass button again. Damn it, Dave. Ah. Yeah, I, ah. I mean, I like where the Flames are at. I I feel like other than the goaltending, and I you know on the one hand like goaltending, I if you don't have like what's the Harry Neal quote this is like goaltending is life is like a box of chocolates it's like goaltending is 50 percent of a hockey team unless you don't have it and then it's 100 and and that's kind of where the flames are at but at the same time like if you need if you gotta have one if you need a number one center if you need a top pairing defenseman good luck you're either gonna pay a fortune you're not gonna find one of those guys you're not gonna find like some other team's third line center comes in and suddenly scores 90 points goaltending sometimes that's what happens sometimes you can you know pick up a backup from somewhere else and he comes in and and there's your new guy so it's it's not the worst position to be in but yeah i mean it's it it's the worst in the sense that it's not like you can solve it with depth it's not like you can go out and just get four solid goalies and hope one of them emerges you got to pick one guy and then if you're wrong suddenly you're two months into the season and everyone's worried that they're going to get fired I like where the flames are at. I feel like this it, it was a disappointing series, but even you know even in the disappointing series, like the, they had their moments where they had a shot, you know, especially game three, the comeback and the uh like the, you know the weird goalie interference call like I, I feel like they're okay. I, I feel like that's a team that the message right now is don't panic, learn from it, and take the next step next year.
1: but uh meanwhile, while the ducks are moving on, quick short series with new coach Randy Carlyle, Bruce Boudreaux, somehow always no matter what the situation is he finds himself with his back to the wall in the first round things going badly they they did survive they 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 won game four and I am not saying that the wild they're going to come back and win this series in seven but I'm gonna I'm gonna say the wild they're going to come back and win the series in seven because Jake Allen again I don't I I get how good Jake Allen's been since the coaching switch I get how good he was but even the first three games and even last night he was good too I just There's just something about when you're going to come back from down 3-0, you have to have some things working for you. You have to have your team playing well and maybe getting some bad breaks. You need to kind of have maybe something happen to their team with an injury. And I know um, Vladimir Savoka came back after he got hurt last night, but it didn't look good at the time. And you have to have that moment where you can finally start believing. And maybe that Martin Hansel goal from... You know, Not just inside the blue line, but it was kind of from a good distance out. He beat Jake Allen from way out. Maybe that's the goal that makes them say, oh, we can score on this guy. So you have that going for you, and now you're down 3-1. You're coming back home. Two of the last three games are in your building. And if you're the underdog team, I don't know. The, the Blues aren't a young team or anything, so I don't know if they're going to get panicked by this. But I always wonder if, if you're that underdog team – and now you've already lost Game Four on home ice. You only have really one more chance to end the series on your ice. Otherwise, you're going to have to do it in Minnesota.
2: I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, I just, I feel like it might happen. It always feels like if if the underdog team, like if the road team goes up three nothing, feels like you really want to finish that in four because and you've got the opportunity. Because I mean the, the 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 other team, everyone's going to say the right thing, but teams know when they're down three nothing, they're they're all but done. Now you go back, it's game five, you're at home, okay. This goes back to St. Louis for game six. All the pressure suddenly is on the Blues. Yeah, that's gonna All be, right, you lose game six, yeah, you're in trouble. That's going to be one of those buildings where, I mean, it might be loud to start, but you get one early goal and it goes dead quiet. Like that, just the worst sound in hockey when you're, you're the home crowd is just, everybody just just kind of, clams up at once. You hear, like, high-pitched
1: screams when the other teams... I remember, I'll remember. i never forget this, but when the Rangers beat the Devils in Game 7 in 1994, the Devils tied it with, like, eight seconds to go in regulation. The Rangers were eight seconds away from going to the Stanley Cup Final for the first time in forever, and they tied the game. And I'll never forget... I don't know if it was a man, a woman, or a child, but there was, like, 50 high-pitched screeches that came out of the crowd at that moment, and it was just... And it, it's, it's a weird... Like, that's a different situation where it's the end of the game.
2: But, yeah, if it's Game 6 and... Parise comes out and, and scores. That's, that's a sound by Ooh. the way that only certain fan bases can make. Like <laughs> you'd never hear the Blackhawk fans make that noise right now but like when it's been 54 years and you're the Rangers and you're like we're finally going, oh my god. That's- oh my god no. There's a there's a 80% chance we'll hear that sound in the Capitals Maple Leaf series at some point. <laughs> it's going to be
1: you. It might 70% be 70%. It might
2: be me from Ottawa just. But yeah, no, I yeah. don't I'm I still you know, not, not like I'm really going out on a limb here. I still like the Blues' chances up three. Yeah, I think zero, you think so. But, wow, um, that's gutsy. But yeah, no. I mean, that it, it, the the strange thing is, like, you would think that we would see more three nothing comebacks in the NHL. These We've days. started to.
1: We, I mean, I like there were there was like one. It was it was that Maple Leaf series in like yeah. three
2: forever, and then, and then the Flyers came back and, and, and beat the Bruins. 32. Oh yeah, 75. And then there've there been, been two, two the since, so yeah. It's just, I mean, in the in the world of parody, if if we're flipping coins, I mean, to to for a team to win four straight, it it should be, you know, you you'd think it would happen more often, but it just seems like the the psychology of it hits hits some of these teams. But the flip yeah. side of that is, yeah, I mean, if 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 they can get a win or two in, look out. But like when the
1: when the Kings came back to beat the Sharks. I mean, they had everything go right for them. Like the Sharks lost Mark Edward Vlasic for basically the last three games. Tom McClellan panicked and started Alex Stalock in one of the games. So you kind of need the other coach to blink as well. You need stuff to happen. But it, the other thing, too, is that series has been the most boring series. I've really it, – it's been it's 3-0 and everything, but, like, man, there's just been no action in that series. Out of yeah. the
2: eight, that's the one I've enjoyed watching the least. Yeah, no, that hasn't been – it hasn't been Not a great good. series. And, and maybe that's – a, that's a good segue – to another series because speaking of relatively boring series that may be over quickly. Uh, any thoughts on Boston and Ottawa, where this that, the yeah. Senators team that we all picked against because we had to have that one upset special in Boston. Looked excuse good. me, excuse me, excuse me. Sorry, every we single all, one we of all, us picked against. We all, we all, we all, one hundred percent of us. Interesting. Yeah, it looks like the Senators going to win that series. Yeah, it's it's that series I
1: thought would be the most boring series, but. Like they've like Eric Carlson's found a way to bring action in every game. There's been it was it was funny. There was the the one game. I mean, there's been two games, I guess, but there was the game in I want to say it was an Ottawa game too, where the Bruins had a goal disallowed because of offside, and it was zero zero at the time. And like we stood around for ten minutes waiting to see what they were going to do, and they overturned it. They said he was. Oh no, they 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 gave him the goal, I think, and they said it was one nothing. And then from that point on, there was like three goals in eight minutes. There's been a lot of good action in that series. There's been overtimes.
2: The officiating has been kind of shitty. That's been a series where, like, if you're if you're watching another series and you're just getting the highlights, you're like, oh, okay. That's yeah. A, oh, wow, Eric Carlson just did something ridiculous. Cool. But if you're actually watching the whole game, you're like, I just watched 60 minutes and I saw three things happen. There was a play – not a play, but there was an interview on the bench
1: like coming back from the commercial. I think it was Brian Boucher maybe was talking to Guy Boucher. No, I probably wasn't. I remember that. It was Boucher, Boucher. But they said, hey, how do you feel about your team here in the second period? And Guy Boucher's answer was, well, at the end of the first period, we wanted it to be 0-0. It's like, what, really? That was your that was your plan? Like, that was that, that's your goal coming out of the locker room is to not score and have the other team not score? Like, what are you doing? It's just, it's a bad, like, again, Guy Boucher, great for your
2: hockey team, bad for hockey. <laughs> He's just bad for hockey. Yeah, I don't know. What did you think of the whole, I mean, it's a few games ago, but the Game 3 overtime penalty situation with Bobby Ryan and Riley Nash? I thought it was, so my my feeling was,
1: I mean, I didn't watch that whole game, so I don't know where the standard of officiating was from point A to point Z in that game, but I didn't think the Bobby Ryan thing was a penalty because I thought Riley Nash was kind of losing his balance and kind of lowering his body, and he just happened to collide with the, the forearm elbow of Bobby Ryan. And I also didn't think... Nash, I thought Nash really didn't deserve a penalty because, again, the playoffs, we we, we changed the way we officiate games. And by we, I mean not meet you and me, I mean actual referees. And that is never a penalty in that situation. It's just two guys like, like, there was a play after a whistle in the Rangers Montreal game, game three, where Mad Zuccarello just like cross checked, I want to say Max Pacioretty, right in the mouth. Like, they gave him four minutes because he drove his stick into his face. Like, yeah, yeah you right, want to call that. But if a guy just like face washes you or like gets you with a gloved punch while he's on his knees, like that's, you, you don't call that. That's definitely not a penalty. But
2: I feel like you feel differently. To me, there's like, you know, especially when it's, it's playoffs, it's overtime. We know they're not going to call most of the stuff, but there's like four categories of stuff that they always call. There, there's one there's that weird category of penalties where they have no choice you know the puck over glass or if yeah. you break somebody's stick or whatever that those stupid things if it's if it's an obvious intent to injure if it's an obvious taken away or creating a scoring chance and then the fourth category is if you just embarrass the officials and to me you, like he punched a guy in the face you know i can understand letting the first hit go for the reasons you said and because you just don't want to call anything but when the guy then hauls off and pops the other guy right in the mouth, I mean, at this point, you don't call that. It's, you, you might as well just throw the whistles away and it's prison rules from now on because you can't call anything, uh, you know, and, and to me, it was just such a, it was such a stupid decision. I understand, you know, it's I the heat of the moment and you get, you, you think you've just been hitting the head and you, you just can't do that. Like you can't. If, if they're either not going to call Bobby Ryan in which case there's a good chance you're going to make your team shorthanded which he did or they are going to call Bobby Ryan in which case there's a good chance you're going to take a power play away from your team in overtime or maybe maybe they even it out and maybe that's what they should have done but there's no good scenario there where that's going to work out and I just like I and, and I know I'm I'm kind of on an island on this one because I, I like I- immediately after it happened, my first thought was that was such a stupid, selfish thing to do to to just haul off and punch a guy. And I tweeted out, "I'm like, that's one of the stupidest penalties I've ever seen in overtime." And immediately it got like 300 retweets from angry Bruins fans <laughs> who thought I was saying it was a stupid call, and they're like, "Right on, man!" And like just, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." I got bad news for you. <laughs> And then, like, yeah, like, one Senators <laughs> fan was like, just a point of clarification. Uh, are you saying? I was like, no, actually. And then, and, and then, you know, all the Bruins fans politely informed me that they disagreed yes. with my
1: opinion. Hello, good sir. Uh, I'm afraid that I disagree roundly with your suggestions, sir.
2: Uh. Uh, thank you for clear, but, yeah. And, and look, I get the, the refereeing was all over the map in that game. It was, be- like, both fans of both teams hated the referees all throughout regulation, in that in that game but to me that's even more reason like if if the refs are having a solid game and you know where the line is and you feel like you can tiptoe up to it okay but when it's all over the map you know take a number and punch the guy in the face in
1: but it was much of a, but
2: season. but it was it wasn't even much of a punch. That's the thing. It, like it wasn't it's like not, a yeah. I don't know. But it but it's like during the play. Like honestly, you could probably do that in a scrum and maybe get away with it because you expect a little bit of that. But when it's just a, a battle along the boards, you know, you can't you can't be throwing jabs. I don't know. I don't. I didn't have a ton of sympathy for for the Bruins there, even though you know, perfect world. Yeah, it's it's you probably take them both. And I know Pierre kind of went on went off on on the officials for that. And, and I get that, but don't punch guys in the face in overtime. You know, it doesn't seem like that it's too much to ask.
1: Yeah, I guess if you're one of those soft, soft people, unlike me who, who watches hockey for the toughness and the, and the grit and the sandpaper. Uh, well, we were, we've already covered the Toronto series. Yeah. You, give me a prediction. You think, you, you think Toronto wins it or no, you think they're still going to lose?
2: No, I, I, I think, I think the caps win the series, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say seven games. And I still, I still feel like I, I don't, I'm, I'm like, sixty forty on picking the caps. I'm ninety ten on my prediction that this series is going to end horribly for one of these teams. And I don't know how, but like, we're not going to get like a clean, like, oh yeah, this, so and so was eliminated with a five one loss to it. Like, there, there's got to be another. There's something's going to happen to one of these two teams that's going to scar them and their fan base for the next several years.
1: See, I feel like you're still living in the past with the Leafs. I don't I don't. I don't think they have that on them anymore, where you should expect them to lose That's in a it. horrible That's fashion. exactly
2: it. They don't have it on them anymore. That's why it has to come back. That's why <laughs> this is... It's like being a Cubs fan, and you're like suddenly, you know, a few years ago, you'd be like, what? Well, nothing bad has happened to us in like 10 years. And then it's, like, oh, okay, it's something something new has got to come along so exactly but it doesn't because
1: like you they have chris bryant you have austin matthews like like chris Bri- like if chris bryant was 31 years old and was there for 10 years disappointing he would have slipped and fallen in game seven and wouldn't have got the throw across in time and cleveland would have won now you have austin matthews who by the way has scored two goals in this series off just the luckiest bounces of all time where the puck just happens to fall on his stick where braden hopey's going the other way like
2: uh, Wait, you didn't think he hit the defenseman <laughs> in the face intentionally <laughs> that's a solid play He's a talented man. Who are you picking in that series? Oh, the Caps are still going to win. Yeah,
1: I'm not. Okay. I've I've I, I've been impressed by Toronto, but I yeah I I still I'll say Caps in six. I I think they might have it at this point, but as a as a hot takesman, I reserve the right to completely change that if Toronto wins in seven. Um, tonight we we we're going to have these games all in the time before the before you guys listen to this. So uh, I guess real quick, Chicago Nashville. Does Nashville end it tonight? Yes or no? Uh,
2: Tim, are you ready to edit in the correct answers? <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying Nashville. I think that I think it's yeah. I think it's done. Okay, I'll say Chicago forces a game five and it gets dicey. Um, Noted Blackhawk fan Dave Lozo has love picked Chicago.
1: Love him. Can't get enough of that jersey. Uh, Rangers Montreal. Who's who's coming back to my town for Saturday night at eight o'clock? Like jerks and playing game six with a three-two lead. Who's winning?
2: Well, I have to say Montreal because I picked them in the series after you talked me out of my Rangers pick. Yeah, and after you bailed on it after one game like a coward. After God. You- It wasn't even one game. It was uh, I. We went through our picks last week, and you talked me. You you sat me down and and told me all about the Rangers blue line. No, I mean I mean you talked
1: yourself. I mean I mean like you started blaming me after the Rangers won one game of that series, and you were like, I can't believe blaming
2: you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. So I'm 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 on the Canadians bandwagon now, whether I like it or not. So I'm yeah. I'm gonna I'll I'll say Montreal won last night. All right. And who won? Who won Game Five? Edmonton, San Jose. This uh, this one's testing me because I I always if it's anyone other than the Leafs, it's a weird series. I always feel like momentum is really overrated. And look, you lose seven to whether you lose one nothing or seven nothing, doesn't really matter. It's a new it's a new game. It's fresh ice. Ugh, that was an event. that was so ugly in game four. I'm I'm I'll take Edmonton. I feel like they rebound, but that was. That that was one of those games that kind of really does make you wonder a little bit.
1: I agree. I'm going to go Edmonton though. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I think seven nothing doesn't matter. They're young. They're resilient. It's like like little kids. They fall down. They get up right away. They'll, they'll be fine. And and I guess real quick too, Leon Dryside. I'll suspend it or no? What, what should have happened?
2: You know what? I thought I thought that was fine. I thought giving him the fine was was okay. I know yeah. everyone. Like, to me, there's there's two levels of being upset at the Department of Player Safety. There's being upset at what the standard should be. And yeah, uh, you know, spearing spearing somebody in the junk probably should be an automatic suspension. But it's not, and it never really has been. So based on where they've set the bar, he got kicked out of the game. He got the major. Sometimes the penalty that's assessed on the ice is enough. They find him. I don't think that was worth missing. A critical playoff game.
1: Well, as a as a testicle owner, that should have been worth one game. That was a lot. He got, he got a lot of testicles there. Uh, right. <laughs> everybody knows what you did. I mean, with with the, with the tractor accident, it's it's okay. You can talk about it on here.
2: We're all we all support you. Go all Survivor on me here now. That's uh,
1: wait. What is that? Is, is that a reference to a thing that happened on Survivor?
2: Yeah, it's it's the only TV show I watch. It's the only pop culture reference I can make. So. You
1: watch Survivor? Wow, I never would have guessed that. Did did, did a guy lose his testicles on Survivor?
2: Uh... (laughs) Yeah, let's... uh, (laughs) That's all the time we have for today. (laughs) Somebody has come to the door. We'll just ignore that. Uh, Pittsburgh, Columbus. Is that... By the time people are hearing this, is that series over? Yes. Pittsburgh puts that away tonight, I'm going to say. I feel like John Tortorella's whole thing when it was 3-0 on, like, I just want them to have that one moment where they get to go in the dressing room and feel good and, like... Okay, they got to play the music, they got to feel good. Now it's time to get out of the way and let the Penguins push on to the. Well, Mark Andre Fleury might might screw it up. I don't know, but yeah, it'd be
1: hard it'd be hard to blow this series at this point. I'll say they See, put it away.
2: That one is the flip side of the Minnesota St. Louis because Pittsburgh now yeah they're at home looking to close it out. If they if they don't do it here, now Columbus is a madhouse in Game Six. And if you go back and if, if then you go back to Game Seven, if it's Game Seven and one team's come back from three nothing, all bets are off. It doesn't matter where you're playing. It's like that so that one if Columbus has somehow won that game by the time people are hearing that hearing this, then uh that that starts making me nervous if I'm a Penguins fan. Now, if there's any team in the league that should be able to close, it's Pittsburgh. But yeah, I don't I'm I, I feel far more confident in that prediction than any of the other ones I just made, so tim be ready to cut that out completely yeah yeah tim just just edit our voices in the right way whatever everything happens from the, everything from survivor to the end of the pittsburgh columbus prediction just clip that i,
1: out. I, I can't i can't wait to find out what the survivor testicle references on twitter tomorrow and people start adding me about it it's gonna be good all right we got time for a couple questions because then we got to clear out of this beautiful room that i'm in uh terry kelly at kelly TM, wants to know pop tarts or Toaster Strudels. Pop-Tarts. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever had a Toaster Strudel. I don't feel strongly on that, but I've, yeah. You got to go with the classic. Yeah. Wait, wait, puck Follower, who is at Puck Follower. You want to be a Puck Follower, or you want to be a Puck Leader. What do you think? I, I can't answer this because I, I've never watched the series on Netflix, but what do you consider the best Netflix original series?
2: Oh, I've I've watched like three of them.
1: So. Yeah. Does anybody actually watch Netflix series? I feel like people just tweet about them. I don't know if anybody actually really watched Stranger
2: Things. Yeah, we we watched Stranger Things. That was okay. That was good. I like that. It was, yeah. you know, took me, took me back to the, like, 1983 when I was in my prime before everything <laughs> went bad. So that's, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. I'll, I'll say that. I like that show. All right.
1: Uh, Doug Glatt, whose name is Carnock uh, on Twitter, who has the avatar of Dark Guy. Dark By the way, Dark Guy blew us off today. We tried to get Dark Guy on the show. But Dark Eye's become a big media star in Toronto. And I guess, Dark you know, Ottawa, he totally big league. this. He lit a cigarette and put it out on my face and said, I'm never going to do your show. And I was like, wow, <laughs> bro, that's messed up. Uh, he wants to know, not Dark Eye, but this guy on Twitter wants to know, you've been appointed co-GMs of the Buffalo Sabres. What are your first moves in the role? Mm-hmm.
2: <sighs> yeah. Throw a bunch of money at Kevin Shattenkirk. Yeah, maybe. It's like the blue line is... This is one of those things where you, you know, you, oh, you got to, you got to address the blue line. And it's like, thanks. Thanks for for that. How are you going to do that? Like what? Yeah. I don't know that that's your house house burns down.
1: You should, you should probably put that fire out and build a new house. Yeah. Thanks. 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 I'm going to do that. There's nobody to really buy out. I think like Matt Molson's contract is pretty terrible, but that might be enticing to Vegas. I think the first thing I'm doing is trying to get as many bad contracts as I can off my team, either by trading them to to Vegas or I don't know. I d I, has gone. I mean, I, I don't know. Like that's the thing is, like they're firing all these guys. Like I don't think they're in that bad of shape going forward here. Like there's not a ton to do, but like you said, it's like address the defense. Okay, how? Um, Dmitry Kulikov. Yeah, we did that already. That's 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 not really doing anything for us.
2: Yeah. The, the, the other thing they got to do is figure out Vander Kane figure out what they're going yeah. to do with that because yeah, that's yeah,
1: whatever happened with this situation where like he got caught on video strangling a woman. And I feel like nothing really ever came of that. Like I, that just kind I of went
2: away. I think they determined that they weren't going to move forward with, with the case. So I think it's, uh, I think the book yeah. is closed uh, well, on good. that good one, but from a public oh, perception or from whatever, however they feel like he fits into their future plans. It, it has hmm. sounded up until now as if it was, kind of a sure thing that they were going to move on from him but maybe not maybe new management comes in and decides they want him to stick around but he's got he's got one year left on the deal so
1: that's weird you
2: know. it, i guess i guess it was on video so they can't really prove anything so
1: guess okay, whatever <laughs> uh well, let's do one more question here ian jansen at goose manslide it sounds dirty for some reason goose manslide uh, he wants us to rank each series based on how bad the refereeing has been. I feel like I haven't watched all eight series close enough to be able to rank all eight. What do you think has been the worst
2: officiated series so far? Oh, man. See, this is—it's tough because you don't—I mean, yeah, unless you're watching every game— like the series I've watched the most is the Leafs Caps. That the fishing hasn't been bad in that one. There's there's always oh, gonna be last a few game. Calls last game. Last
1: game was bad. That interference call. By the way, my theory on the Freddie Anderson play where he puts his stick through Backstrom's legs and then hugs him. I feel like he put the stick there because he wanted to like prevent him from getting in front or just give him a little jab and it got caught. And then he saw the puck moving across and he was like, "Shit, I'm screwed." Let me yeah. grab him and try and draw the interference penalty because I can't right. get across. But Meanwhile, the shot came back to where he was, and I think that's exactly what happened there, and that's fine. If he wants to make that play there, he feels like he can't get across, but uh, do what you got to do. But if you're the referee... In real time, fine. You you missed the call. I get it. It happens fast. Puck's moving around. You're trying to track guys who are battling in front. You know, the goalie, how did that arm get there? No goal. Fine. But I don't know how you can watch that replay and feel like anyone but Freddie Anderson initiated that contact, con- uh, contact. and I, I don't get it.
2: Yeah. Toronto I bias. A, I, to me, if you're going to do a review, it should be obvious slam dunk overturn. So I wasn't surprised that wasn't overturned, but I guess it's probably good that it didn't end up. Flipping the result of the game so that
1: yeah, like there's one really bad Montreal Ranger
2: game, but that series has been okay, I guess. But there's it's all it's all just like the Ottawa Boston might be the one just because of yeah a couple of those games and and you know and 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 it's not even just you know like they they had another one of the offside reviews in the in the last game that wiped a Boston goal off. That's that's not bad officiating cause, but I you know uh, yeah that 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 one might be. That one might be the one just because it, it also sounds like and, and from what I've seen, it's just been all over the map. Like who's like what are we doing? Is this gonna be one of these games where we're gonna call everything, or are we gonna let it go? And it seems like every five minutes they're they change their minds and, and go in a different direction with it. Uh, yeah. And it's just been like it's for me it's
1: just it's just like a steady series of no call type of stuff. Like like just Based on game situations where clearly it's a trip, clearly it's a cross check, clearly it's interference, and they just you know it's two two with a minute to go can't call it it's two one game can't give the team with two a power play we're going it's it's just more stuff like that like there's been some egregious like the, the interference in Toronto I thought was bad There was a couple of no calls and I think it was the overtime game in Montreal I thought were pretty bad like it was there was it was it was so blatant too there was one play where Montreal had a power play in overtime and they didn't score and the second it ended Derek Stepan Trips up. I want to say it was Galchenya coming across the blue line the second the power play ended. It was the clearest stick over the skates trip ever. And you could just tell the refs were like, Yeah, we just gave you a power play. Sorry, yep. you, you're going to have to score at five on five. But it's just general badness. It's just general screwing up. It's just general not wanting to make calls. And, you know, it's just a new, just, it's just a new norm,
2: just what it is. So, but is it really my, that different in the playoffs? Like, I feel like everyone's always like, yeah. Oh, it's the playoffs. The rules go out the window. Or do we just notice do. it more?
1: No, I, I, it, it's, it's the same, it's the same techniques, it's the same like rationales of not wanting to affect the outcomes of games, but you can get away with way more. You get away with like in in the regular season, it's like was that hook? Uh, now we can let it go. But in the playoffs, it's like the guy puts his stick into his ribs, spins him around, puts him down on the ice, like he's like Arya Stark, and like puts his stick through his neck, and it's like, well, I don't know. Yeah, it could, maybe he dove. I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to call that. It's it's way more egregious stuff that get you can get away. You can get away with the same stuff, but you get you get away with a a heightened level of it in the playoffs that drives yeah. me insane. Where it's clearly a penalty. It's not open to interpretation, and they let it go. And I wrote about that today, and that'll be on the internet by the time you read that. I was very very angry last night. So so yeah,
2: I guess that's it. I guess we're done.
1: Probably wrap so, it up. I, yeah,
2: and then yeah, I'm, by this time next week, everything's going to be done right i will have yeah. all the series over and we'll be on to round two preview we'll have we'll, have, we'll talk about minnesota's great comeback we'll talk
1: about dean lombardi and, and daryl sutter and buffalo uh we'll talk about toronto facing pittsburgh and phil kessel's return to toronto as a member of the pittsburgh penguins it'll be a good show next week i'm looking forward to that yeah all right well thanks for reading and uh thanks for sending in the questions and you know go on itunes rate us review us thanks to tim barnes who's been hanging out on the floor in this room by the way this is the room where where uh who's, who, 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 and do their show. It's like it's like a, it's like a it's like, like there's leather couches and like old wooden tables. There's a giant bear with Timberlands and a hat on. It's it's a really weird scene, but it's elegant and I feel like we should do the show in here every week. Not that you care. You're in Ottawa. You're you're you're, nice. you're you're answering your doorbell and in your underwear signing for packages while the show is going yeah, on. So it's different for you. Pretty much pretty much it. <laughs> All right, that's it. See ya. See you guys. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk?